0: It's time to celebrate the greatest team sport known to man, where modern-day gladiators collide all for the glory of the gridiron. We'll talk some college football on Cougar Sports with Ben Criddle.
1: Welcome back to ESPN 960, Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. Filling in for Ben Criddle. I'm Sean Mock from KSL.com. Joined by my much better-looking half. (laughs) for this next hour of the radio program. We call him B-Lo. You might call him Brian Logan. We all call him the best cornerback BYU's ever had. That would be Jacob Robinson. Ooh, hot take. I like that. I like that take. I like that take. Uh, We're going to get... Back into college football. Just barely jumped out of it. Talked some basketball with BYU women's basketball coach Amber Whiting. Delightful conversation. Check that out. We'll get it uploaded to the podcast feed as soon as possible. But always a good conversation with Coach Whiting. I love that. But football is our bread and butter here. We love football. I got below here. So I want to talk some college football. On ESPN, this segment brought to you by Orthoprose of Utah, OrthoProsOfUtah.com, providing conservative options for people looking to mitigate and eliminate their musculoskeletal pain by providing products that help stabilize and rehabilitate the body after an injury or surgery. They also specialize in injury prevention from braces to supports. Thermoformable and removable casting, compression wear, bone growth stimulators, NMES, and mobility devices. Check them out at American Fork or call today 801 400 5318. That's 801 400 5318. Or check them online at orthoprosofutah.com. Let's get out to the About Time pub and grub hotline where we've got longtime friend of the show and friend of all things Mormondom everywhere from the Extra Points newsletter, Mr. Matt Brown. You can find him on some platform that Elon owns, I guess, but you can also find him on Blue Sky, Matt Brown on Blue Sky. Thanks for joining us for a moment, Matt.
0: Hey, it, it's my pleasure. You know, I was just thinking about this. I think I've been doing this show for almost a decade.
1: It's um, been it, a
0: minute. It's, it's got to be pretty close, up, almost as long as I've been a reporter. Um, think, it is, it yeah. is always, always good to be back here.
1: I think you have been doing Cougar Sports on ESPN 960 for longer than I have, which is saying something because for some start? reason I have a microphone in front of me. When did you start doing it? Uh, I started here uh, – well, so I've only been co-hosting for three years, two years, three years, three years, something like that. Mm. And then I was just intermitting, hopping on, kind of like Matt's doing for – Probably about three or four years before that, so that's seven years. Yeah, so I think Matt's got me beat. Matt's got me beat. I started, I started 2012. Yeah, congratulations. I can't Matt. believe
0: are... this. I can't believe this thing hasn't been canceled after ten years. <laughs> I, this, amazing, right? You've been. You've, you, they've been doing. They've been doing ESPN 960 longer than like Justified. Longer than most <laughs> like good television shows. Like that's a, that's a long time. It's impressive. I've,
1: that's I'm good. just waiting for more episodes of Cougar Sports on ESPN 960 than Lost. <laughs> I'm not quite sure we're there yet, but yeah. we're getting close. Law and Order, we're getting close. yeah. Ooh. I don't know if we'll ever catch Law and Order. Not gonna lie, I don't know if we'll ever catch that one. But you know what? I think we can catch. I think we can catch this nil phase, Matt. Um, that's called that That's called the transition in the radio business. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible. Yeah, transition. I just I just learned that a couple of years yeah. ago, actually. Yeah. Um, but I I got you on because I wanted to I wanted to talk name, image, and likeness. You're my well. You're really my conference realignment sicko with me, which we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but you're yeah. one of my go-to guys for all things NIL when it comes to name, image, and likeness. And there was a really big NIL story that happened yesterday here on the Wasatch Front. I know you saw. I know you saw. It, I know you read about it some. Uh, I know. I know you are kind of an, one of my experts when it comes to all things NIL. The University of Utah has gifted leases to all 85. Play scholarship football players up at the U as part of a partnership with their official, officially licensed Crimson Collective um, to give them Dodge Ram 1,500 trucks on six-year renewable leases. Um, basically, if you stick with the program, you stay eligible, you don't transfer, that kind of thing. You essentially get a truck for all of your business. There's some community service uh, aspects that they'll be driving to it. It's part of a deal with – with FTW for the win 360 that's going to be uh, an advertising wrap on all of the trucks what was your first thought when you saw this deal because it's being marketed right now as one of the heaviest or one of the biggest NIL deals in college football uh 60 something thousand dollars per truck a couple million dollars that they're throwing out although those numbers are now being disputed back and forth based on ownership and leases and that kind of thing but what was kind of your first thought when you saw this deal Matt
0: yeah, the first thought was like, "One boy, that's that's smart." If I if I lived and felt like I want a truck too. Um, you know, this this uh, it, it would be a little bit silly if you were doing this in like Minneapolis or or Boston College or something. Um, whenever I see these kind of stories, my my first thought is like, "All right, the the headline's amazing," and and like eighty five trucks is a lot of money, but the devil's always really in the details, you know. Especially for these kind of things, when you're when you 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 compensated in kind. And get a truck instead of cash the individual generally still has a tax hit um relative to the value of the vehicle so when that and, and this happened a lot the first year of nil with these with guys signing deals where they would get vehicles not realizing that they'd still have to pay taxes at the end even if they didn't get cash so I, for everybody that's involved in here like hey i hope you are also squirreling away some money for a good accountant uh, that you're talking to an attorney that you're having somebody else look over these things I would have some concerns about any kind of gigantic, you know, over-market team-wide NIL deal. If that's something that would pass NCAA regulatory muster, but also we're not really in an era where the NCAA is even trying to to go after any of these things. Like it's very clearly, you know, a quid pro quo kind of thing. But, like, how, it, it, only the most diehard BYU person is going to be clutching pearls over that, and, and especially given that BYU has had team-wide deals, too. So, good for the athletes. I hope that the actual deal is as lucrative as the initial headlines make it out to be, and I hope everyone has outside counsel to look over any of their agreements with any collectives, lest you end up like Michigan State athletes did if the money dries up in 18 months.
1: For sure. I, I I did not know that. I didn't consider that that if you get a gift, you know, through nil, you still pay, are paying taxes on that.
0: Yeah. On, okay. If it, if it's valued at sixty thousand dollars for a vehicle, yeah, you should oh. you should definitely. I mean, there, there's there's I'm sure that there are ways to mitigate that burden, okay. but these are the kind of things that like people don't ask about, <laughs> and then you end up getting stuck with an uncomfortable bill at the end. I'm su- I'm sure there are ways to do it where it'll be fine, but you know. Don't 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 just jump into this and, and think that it's it's, that it's a free truck, no strings attached.
1: That's yeah, for sure, for sure. Retail price of each truck is sixty-one thousand uh, dollars. We'd also buy, be naive to think that each one of these trucks is being bought outright by the collective and just given. Um, to each football player, they're being owned. They're going to be owned by a fleet, which is under the management of Ken Garf Autom- Automotive Group, one of the larger automotive groups in the West, based in Salt Lake City, run yeah. by a whole bunch of University of Utah graduates. So they're obviously involved with the Crimson Collective. Uh, they're Utah fans and everything else. But those, so those leases are all going to belong to this fleet group and to Ken Garf. Um, and again, like you said, the devil is in the details. I did find this very interesting. Um, the Garth yeah. Group does retain a right as part of the leasing agreement to sell those trucks to the general public at least one year after they lease them. So they can then turn around and try to resell them. You mean um, after the player's done? Yeah, and so essentially when the players are done, when, they're, when leases expire and, and that kind of thing. Um, they do have a they do have a right to try to resell them. So so the, so if, so the, if the lease is six months, right? After the six months, if a player wants to renew the lease, then you're saying that they have the right to sell them? Yeah, yeah. They they do have a resellability. <laughs> that's that's right. Uh, this is this is from I mean, Ross Dellinger over at Yahoo Sports. King Garf Automotive can sell the trucks to the general public after one year as part of a leasing agreement through United Fleet Management, and yeah, that's straight from the mouth of Matt Garf. Says,
0: yeah, so a, a free truck isn't 100% a free truck, mm-hmm. but it's still a lot more of a free truck than anybody had two and a half years ago. Right. Um, and if if it's snowing in January, I'd much rather have one of those than my stupid Kia. Right. So like it's a good deal, especially, especially if you're not a skill position player. If you're not somebody who is likely to get a lot of bag man or brand related NIL dollars anyway, which would be the majority of BYU or Utah's roster right now, great. Like that, that the 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 total value of that truck is going to be more than the vast majority of that roster are going to make in four years at Utah anyway. So, and I, I don't say that pejoratively. But then great. I
1: hope right. they enjoy it. They deserve absolutely. it. Absolutely, absolutely. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but this kind of feels like an NIL deal. That sort of could maybe go a lot longer, a lot longer way than just simply, you know, the old metaphorical bag man dropping cash, uh, in in front of players. I mean, that probably still happens somewhere. Uh, these NIL deals are kind of ways to facilitate those sorts of transactions. But when you're talking about college football players, whose job—I know the NCAA doesn't like us calling them employees. They don't like us referring to this as their job, but we it are is employees. essentially their job. I mean, when you talk yeah. about what they need, one of the things, one of the keys that they really need, most of them have housing, they've got a training table that's giving them food every day, or most days, they get a little bit of, a, of, a, of an extra allowance outside gotta, of their scholarship. We still got to pay for that training table. And, you know that? We still got to pay for that. You still got to pay for a yeah. training table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I not know You get that. money for that. Unless it's changed, I mean, I, I graduated. It has sure. changed.
0: <laughs> okay, get, okay. They get unlimited. They get unlimited food now, but back when you did it. You did, you did, you did have to pay, but, but I mean, you're, you're, you're all right. It's, it's transportation. It's transportation on behalf of your family and friends who want to travel and come see you play on the road and their hotel arrangements, Mm. uh, or, or flights back and everything. It's pocket money and it's a little bit of planning for the future. And you don't need a lot, a little goes a long way in, in, uh, in in those kind of conversations. I could definitely see how a vehicle would be. Very appealing. The, the the question that I have, and it's one that I think about a lot with, with with NIL collectives right now, is about their capitalization. <laughs> like what we saw with Michigan State. In case you guys missed this, if you're listening, um the main Michigan State NIL collective canceled unilaterally like fifty of their deals with football players in the middle of the season because they're like, Hey, bad news, guys, we're out of money. Turns out we couldn't get a bunch of donors to go give up money to a team that sucks and his football coach just got fired in disgrace. We don't have enough money to meet these obligations, and we can unilaterally terminate them. And as we head into an era where if you are a freshman in college right now, at BYU, Utah, or anywhere, there's a very good chance legitimately that the athletes will be deemed employees before you finish your eligibility. And so if there's some some significant change here and – the funding source for those collectives dry up are you protected are you are how confident are you that this group that's offering something whether it's a truck now or a $75,000 a year deal later or something else but they're going to have the money to keep paying for that in case you go five and seven not that that's you know likely to happen with Utah in, in the immediate future but like this this is a big concern here because it's not that these things do happen and you're basically signing longer-term contracts with entities that didn't exist six months ago and might not exist again in six months.
1: Sure. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Really good point. Um, well, I mentioned to you when I had you on, Matt, that I wanted to talk some NIL, talk some collectives, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I did find this really interesting. Just earlier today I saw Ohio, from from your neck of the woods, I know you know a thing about uh, yield Buckeyes. Uh, the Ohio State is looking to hire – uh, their official collective wants to hire a chief revenue officer right now is is that kind of part of the next step is now you're you're talking about collectives whether they're 501c3s nonprofits for profit entities whatever they are is that kind of the next step is is bringing in people who are money people who are revenue people to try to figure out not just how to facilitate payments to players, but also like how a, to how to make like a money. Yeah, yeah. how <laughs> to make money work in the in the era of business.
0: This is, this is exactly what's been happening. So I'll, I'll tell you about like the, this kind of general trend over the last nine to twelve months. Is a lot of the collectives that started the first year or so of this world. Not all of them, but many of them were led by who are some of the biggest donors. Who are people that run medium sized businesses and who are, who are people that are, that are already well connected to the university community. You also had some that were just literally message board dads that, that started a couple of these things here uh, up. And what people realized after the first year is, Hey, we may have, uh, you know, written some checks that we can't actually cash, um, or gotten a little bit more, a little bit too aggressive in our financial commitments. And we are trying to rely on a handful of donors to make major commitments to to meet payroll. And everybody from the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten down to mid-majors are all realizing that's not sustainable. And it's not sustainable because the kind of people that write $500,000 checks to support football recruiting – uh, are, tend to be pretty flaky individuals. <laughs> the kinds of people who's, uh, might not, might not be as liquid in their wealth as they like to pretend to be on Twitter. The kind of people that sometimes get sued <laughs> or the kind of people that decide they don't like the football coach anymore and they want to pull out. So th- what you're hearing now from more and more of these groups is one, we need to professionalize our operations. So you might work with a company like, uh, Senil, student athlete NIL or Blueprint Sports or an entity that like professionally manages collectives. You might, uh, you might merge your collective, which has happened at almost every Power 5 market, and then put somebody who has an explicit fundraising background in charge. Being a good poster on 247 or on 3 doesn't make you a yeah. good collective manager. Or quite frankly, <laughs> being a good insurance salesman yep. or a good bond salesman or a good small business person doesn't make you a good collective manager. So you're, 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 we're seeing this transition, and we're also seeing collectives try to migrate towards a subscription model where you're trying to rather than hoping that three or four rich people give you all the money. The hope is what if I got all my fans to pay 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month. And so then I can have a little bit more security in case one or two of my, my super rich people decides to flake out. And my understanding is that this is even an issue with BYU. And I could tell you guys, as somebody who's made his living with in a subscription content business these past couple of years, it's really hard. Yep. And I can look at what some of the collectives are doing and think that's not going to work. <laughs> no, no one's going to yeah. pay for that. That content sucks. Um, but that, that's, that's the kind of uh, the difficult transition that's happening in a lot of this space. And that's why my concern. And I, I again, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a concern specific to this Utah deal or to BYU or anybody in, in particular. My concern is that I don't trust that many of these groups are going to be in existence in 18 months. For sure. And I wouldn't want anybody to really depend long-term on the strength of a contract with a third-party group that, you, that, that you, 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 you're not properly protected if they go under or if they merge with somebody else or if something else happens. I think there's a lot more risk in this enterprise than maybe the folks on three want you to believe.
1: For sure, for sure. Well, and that and that's the big key is is with that model. is just finding a way to provide value for this subscription service. And speaking to yeah. someone who has a subscription service, who in my opinion, con their content does not suck. Uh, I was really impressed this week with your uh, with the your guest post from a uh, former Washington State well, athlete, for example, you. who gave her kind of her opinion of what traveling across the country in this newfangled Big Ten is going to mean. Can you tease out anything for us over at ExtraPointsNB.com and the Extra Points newsletter about uh, anything that you're working on right now to try to get maybe a couple more people to subscribe over there?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. So I, to your last point, I talked to a young woman named Alex Payne who is a hammer thrower. She was at Washington State for a while. She just did a grad transfer to Villanova. And she you know, wrote a story for our newsletter explaining, hey, this is what like long-term travel means for me even for a, a smaller Olympic sport and one that doesn't play a team schedule. You know, if you're, if you, if you compete in track, you don't do like a home and away meet with Oregon or Ohio state. You do a bunch of invitationals. But you know, one of the things that she told me was, hey, listen, I throw hammers, right? Big, strong, tough woman throwing big heavy weights. And I never felt more physically drained <laughs> than I did after a 10 hour flight, like not after five days of practice, yeah. not after competing, you know, and, and you know, in the, against Pac 12 competition, she's competing against Olympians. She's like, no, it, it's the flight to Albuquerque that really knocked me out and also made me miss class and, and, and hurt me. And this is, of course, what everybody in the West and in the Big 12 is going to be signing up for here in the future. Right. Um, I have another reported story coming out early next week on, What the dissolution of the Pac-12 will mean for local economies in places like Pullman and Corvallis that are really heavily dependent on hotel tax revenue and tourism revenue to pay for things like libraries or the police, uh, and are looking down the 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 potential barrel of of million dollar budget you know losses from these changes. And I'm I'm actually going to be in New Orleans. Uh, A couple of days next week for a a women leaders in college sports conference, including a couple of staffers from BYU will be there, along with other local places. And we'll be shooting some interviews on camera that you'll be able to find at ExtraPointsMB.com.
1: Love it. Love it. That's ExtraPointsMB.com for the newsletter. Uh, Matt Brown, EP on X, formerly Twitter. Matt Brown, the only, the real Matt Brown on Blue Sky, uh, if you're out there. I think you've got an Instagram, too, right, Matt?
0: I I do, man. Here's the problem. And this is part of why I'm kind of bummed that Twitter's falling apart. I'm too ugly for Instagram, man. If you're (laughs) on Instagram all the time, you've got to be a hot person. And, like, yeah, I I use use that to share pictures of, like, what my kids are doing or if my dog is doing
1: something funny. But, like,
0: Twitter is great if you're ugly and and you're just better at making (laughs) one-liners. So, like, that's probably where I'm (laughs) going to be more often.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, Matt Brown on Blue Sky. Matt Brown. Mm EP on X, comma formerly Twitter, as we like to call it. Thanks for joining us uh, here, longtime friend of the program at ESPN 960. Appreciate it, Matt.
0: appreciate, pre- yeah, appreciate your friends. All until next time,
1: <laughs> Matt Brown. Always good. Uh, Giving us some insight on the NIL world. Also, one of my favorite conference realignment follows. Um, him and I go way back to uh, the days of WAC, Atlantic Sun, Southland conference realignment. we Were two of like five people in the country that actually like kind of have some insight into breaking that. So, always appreciate Matt Brown. Uh, that was uh, that was college football on ESPN. Brought to you by Twisted Cow. Twisted Cow shakes the TwistedCow.com. Um, I think it was. Or I, I messed that up probably somewhere, but we're gonna go. We're gonna take a break while I get myself recombobulated from discombobulated, uh, and uh, we'll come back with a brief Cougar Insider report here on ESPN 960 and ESPN 960 Sports.